This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blank Podcast, the podcast where we delve into those. Oh, what do we delve into? People's lives. <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 wiggle around people's what lives and and, and, <laughs> we and do? worm our way into their affections, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and talk to them about some difficult moments. We do um, after we've got their trust. <laughs> you are really not selling this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm really tired. Yeah, I'm tired as well. We talked about this mm. off air, didn't we? It's um, I, I, yeah. Is I anyone else tired? Is a... Yeah, I, there's what's sort of tiredness epidemic going around. Everyone mm. is knackered. We were trying to work out why, weren't we? Like maybe it's just sort of post COVID. Well, I know COVID hasn't gone, but like post lockdown tiredness. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I just don't want to go out anywhere now. It's that time of year. It's mm. gloomy and bleak, and it's not the same. You've got to put your jacket. Well, having said that, I, I don't mind dressing for autumn and winter. I quite like getting like, like wearing a sort of nice warm coat and mm. stuff. But but it's still you still got to step out into the cold. Like it's still not ideal. It's not the same as summer or spring. Yeah, I, I'm much more of a winter. I like the winter clothes thing. Like I'm wearing a big sweatshirt, and yeah. you know, I quite like shorts. But I don't really like just going out in a t. I don't know. I'm a bit self conscious. Um, so I prefer wrapping up and covering right. up, if you know yeah. what I mean. So, yeah, I like that aspect of it. And I don't mind a bit of rain and stuff either, but maybe it's the, the light aspect. Maybe it's the dinginess. Well, we spoke about that with last week's guest, I think, mm. Nazanin Gafar, about SAD lamps. And, and, and mm. obviously she has to get up at insane times for work as yes. a weather presenter, but just in general. They're actually probably quite beneficial. I actually had a tab open on my laptop of SAD lamps and I sort of closed it. I don't know where it's gone now. Um, but I wonder if that's something that, I wonder if any of our listeners have any that sort of, mm. maybe they only use during autumn and winter during the gloomy times because there's a scientific sort of backing behind mm. it that does does make you feel a bit more down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think um, I think they're quite effective, those lights. I'm sure, I've, you know, people I've known have got them and say they're pretty effective. But I guess I still, I get, I get, it's obviously still an artificial experience, isn't it? So I don't know um, how how much it would benefit you just sort of having a light next to you. But I guess it, you know, I guess if you have it on near your desk or something, if you're working, it might help. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Listeners, let us know. I'm mm. intrigued to know if anyone has one and, and whether they find them effective or not. Because I think I'm actually going to look into investing in one, actually, I think. Um, in, in our new office in the cabin so, mm. uh, yeah I think I might do that anyway we should probably talk about this week's guest rather than last week's guest as good as she was she was amazing um, yeah. it's Andrew Hunter-Murray what, what a guy what oh, a guy. guy and so um, such a brilliant knowledgeable human being you know we, uh, people might know Andrew from 
his brilliant podcast, No Such Thing as Fish, uh, which he does with some of the other QI elves. So, yeah, and obviously Andrew is a QI elf, so he's one of the researchers. And um, there's probably a better res- better word to describe him than a researcher um, for QI. You didn't ask him that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, probably, yeah, yeah. that might be doing him a disservice. But, yes. He's one of those probably head right. They're probably like head writers. Yeah, yeah. Those probably it's more an American term. Yeah. So yeah, one of the obviously one of the writers on on QI, which has been going for God thirteen years or so now. To the day, well, since he joined. Yeah, thirteen. This is this is his birthday episode. (laughs) So fantastic. So yeah, and um, he's a he's a great actor as well. He does a lot of improvisation. We talked a lot about that and his time when he was at university joining an improvisation group, and he's obviously in Ostentatious, which is a sort of Jane Austen-inspired improvisation group. They're amazing. Group. We if were you've seen yeah. them, do um, go and see them. Yeah, obviously. Um, some previous guests, yeah, Rachel Paris, who's been a previous yeah. guest on the um, podcast, is is one of the members. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, that's a brilliant thing. And, uh, yeah, so he's prolific. And he often, obviously also a an author now as well. Yeah, a multi-talented mm. guy. Um, very... It, this is one of those episodes where it felt like talking to an old friend like yeah just very easy to talk to very fun and conversations sort of flowed as i do with all i guess we're very lucky but yeah it was absolutely an absolute joy having him on and uh, and some lovely some really lovely little nuggets of advice and um and definitely a few t-shirts t-shirt catchphrases along the way <laughs> as well so yeah. keep an ear out for those but uh, yeah he was absolutely lovely um before we delve in mm. obviously we're gonna have to read out a tweet i'm also going to charles and we don't do this very often we don't often, have but... to but we like to no, I'm talking about something else. So I, I like reading oh. tweets up, but I'm also going to just give a shout out to randomly to one of our patrons, if that's oh. okay. Um, which is um, gone a bit FYP. Gone a bit what I do on the on FYP, but uh, yeah, we've got some lovely patrons. So I'm going to give a shout out at random to Claudia McKelvey. So hey, thank Claudia. you, Claudia, who's been one of our longest patrons. Um, and we've got we've got a whole bunch we've got about. 15 or 16 patrons now we absolutely love them and of course if you're a patron of this podcast uh, you will get bonus content of every episode so we've actually with this episode we've got some bonus content where mm. we delve into the working behind the scene workings of qi mm. um, with andrew so if you if you're a fan of the show and want to hear that do sign up to our patron patron.com forward slash blank podcast that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash blank podcast and you can hear andrew answering uh some of my questions about what happens behind the scenes uh at q1 so uh, and some of my theories that i have about the show um so yeah do get into that um and so we also you, find Claudia. out about one of the unsung heroes of qi as well yes indeed so if you want to know who the real brains of the operation is <laughs> exactly join our patron um should we read some tweets out i'd love to i've got one here from rich j port he says blank pod jim you foreshadowed oh. the fuel crisis which was obviously a few weeks ago, by mocking it in the cast, in the podcast, in the Sophie Green episode. As always, a joy to listen oh. to, bringing calm and good chat to a crazy world. What oh. a crazy world it's been the last few months. It has. Um, and I don't say that in a, in a mocking way. Uh, it has been torturous. Um, but yes, well, you must you feel quite smug. You don't drive, do you? I don't drive. No, so you must be feeling no. very smug during the I, whole I don't crisis. like to feel smug about things like that. We do have a car in the in the house. Not it. Well, the car is literally <laughs> in the house. Uh, we have we are car owners in the house. I should say, um, my wife drives. Um, luckily, she car shares to go to work, so they kind of all oh, cobble together to get to work each day. That's a good idea, um, actually. Very teaching good idea. teaching our uh, teaching children. Um, so doing very important work. So yeah, but yeah, they're very lucky that they there's the car share deal going on. 
Um, so yeah, well, that's good in general, way. isn't it? Because that's better for the environment exactly. anyway to be, to be to be car sharing. But obviously, yeah, the fuel crisis was weird, wasn't it? And mm. um, Miranda and I both work from home, so um, we we waited till the last minute. Basically, we didn't yeah. need to go out and, and panic by any. But um, there was a lady in front of me when I did go and get some yesterday. Actually, there was a lady in front of me who was filling up a jerry can. Mm. I was like, oh. How dare she? What a There's a fuel crisis on. This is unacceptable. And I was about to get my phone out and angrily tweet. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. And then when she went back to her car, she thanked me for waiting. And I was like, oh, no, no problem. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye. And suddenly felt really like, bad and weirdly instantly. complicit. In, oh, dear. Um, so that was bad. But um, I don't remember foreshadowing it. So that I'm going to have to go back and listen to that episode with mm. Sophie, which was a great episode. Um, but I don't remember doing that at all. But m- maybe I have some sort of... Uh, Maybe I'm like sort of the, the new Mystic Meg. I was going to say, have you got way. any um, any numbers that you're like thinking think good <laughs> good this weekend? Ooh, I'm, the number twenty five is oh. coming to me. Twenty five. So no, that's a complete lie. Um, but yeah. So anyway, thank you, Rich, for <laughs> for that tweet. That uh, that definitely made me chuckle. And uh, lovely to know you're enjoying the podcast. Here's another one from E L N at Blog of a Fangirl, who's put this is another crisis, recent mm. crisis, Giles. Facebook and Instagram down. No problem. Go check out Blank Pod. Always keeps me entertained. So that was another crisis that we had recently where Instagram and Facebook went down for what felt like days, but it was about five hours, I think, in the end. Um, But that is true. If the internet, you know, if social media platforms do go down, you can always spend your time listening to the Blank Podcast and the 140 so episodes in our back catalogue. That will keep you more than entertained during whatever fuel slash social media crisis comes next. Well, it was. I thought it was quite good, wasn't it? The when Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp went down. Um, in theory, yes. But what I did was I then just stayed on went Twitter. Back to TikTok. <laughs> went to TikTok and started scrolling through TikTok for hours and and made lots of jokes about it on on Twitter. So, but yeah. it was. It did make me realise. I think I am. I think I am ready to. I can't. I if it wasn't for comedy and a lot of gigs are booked through Facebook, I would probably would leave Facebook. But you do actually need it for networking and facebook's stuff, a weird one now i was having this conversation with someone recently and was sort of saying it's basically friends reunited yeah um, <laughs> yeah yeah for, um, oh, i remember that yeah i mean and, and i was thinking it's only sort of 10 11 years old isn't it facebook but already it's yeah. really just for sort of older middle-aged and oaps which we're not far off to it's quite <laughs> Well, I'll speak for yourself. Um, uh, well, I know I'm older than you, but it, it, yeah, it does feel like it's uh, it's where people's parents sort of hang out. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Um, but as I say, I sort of do need it for work, annoyingly. But if I didn't, mm. then I think I would. I think I would disappear. The only problem is there's a lot of sort of photos on there and stuff from back in the day. And I think if you delete your profile, you lose those photos. So I'd have to go through downloading ah. all those. They probably uh, Facebook probably own those photos now. Anyway. They probably do. Yeah, yeah. You won't be able to use them do. ever again. <laughs> probably do get stuck on knocking down my front door mm. anyway well thank you um well i've got one more you, thing i'd like to put actually this, this our, the episode with sophie green was also picked up um that week by good pods which is a, a an excellent podcasting platform we were in their team picks of the week oh um so yeah that was um very nice to see so yeah good pods is a is a great little platform so let's give them a little shout out because they uh they gave us one so yeah thank you to good pods well thank you very much that's lovely always nice when people like the show and appreciate mm. it so thank you very much oh that's lovely um should we crack on with this week's episode yeah we've probably been talking for too long 
we always do, don't we? But yeah. uh, this is our just, chance to catch up with one another. So, well, this you is know, true. We just actually. record it. <laughs> this is true because we do we 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 do message during the week and stuff, and a lot of mm. our messages evolve around Crystal Palace on a Saturday. And yeah, <laughs> me saying, doing... "Oh, I don't think there's any way back," and then we like come <laughs> clawing back and it back re- from doing re- all that. Realize that I'm actually should never be a football pundit. <laughs> uh yeah we're doing weirdly well at the moment aren't we um but yeah no you're right it is our chance to sort of catch up so um yeah it is nice we, first time we, it's the only time we, we see each other's faces i think during the week yeah. isn't it so i miss your face jim same and it is it is well, you miss well your actually own face. little bit of i miss my own face <laughs> unfortunately i do have to look at it quite a lot little bit of a behind the scenes going into the episode um andrews uh was was um skyping in zooming in sorry from the qi offices so that was obviously exciting mm. um and the webcam on his laptop didn't work so he very kindly went into the qi back store found a webcam and plugged it in and we were saying off air that actually these episodes aren't quite the same if you can't see the person no. there is something about the visual medium that makes the conversation i think a lot easier so uh, so thank you to andrew for doing that and uh, yeah and in the end we've had a fantastic episode which we i think have. we should we should go into now yes we should. So this is uh, the one and only Andrew Hunter Murray on the Blank Podcast. Well, thank you so much for, for being on. It's a great pleasure to have you with us. Um, we normally start at the beginning, which seems to kind of evolve around school. And being being, it feels like you know you're a fountain of knowledge these days. Was school a a, a happy place for you? <laughs> As it is for so many nerdy yeah. children. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I, I actually I actually did have quite a good time at school, and I um, it was a it was a it was a nice school, and it, it was quite an academic place to be. So I I didn't fit in too poorly as in there were enough other children in fact boys it was an old boys school okay um who were non-sporty and non-musical and had basically nothing else going on but learning (laughs) stuff uh that I didn't feel completely out on a limb there so that was quite encouraging um and there you know as as anyone who's um who's been to school knows there are normally a couple of teachers who you feel on a wavelength with and who you feel um, act in kind of mentoring roles. And I definitely had a couple of those. So, yeah, it, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> I like the way Giles said as well, you're, you, you're a fountain of knowledge these days, like, but obviously famously back in the day. <laughs> well, it takes time to, to be a fountain Form of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't just be a fountain of knowledge. You have to, you have to earn that. Uh, and we also we also do say we say at QI and and all the time that you know we don't we don't know anything uh, we really don't and I, I look through old episodes of the even the podcast that we do mm. and uh, I've forgotten entire episodes <laughs> after I think we've done three hundred and seventy five or so and I look back and I think I don't remember talking about that particular kind of guinea worm or whatever it was we were talking about <laughs> yeah. but it's it's gone in and gone out so we're we're a bit like oysters because oysters they filter. The, uh, huge amounts of water every day to get tiny particles of food and that basically is the job that i have at the moment it's it's filtering large volumes of information to get the few lovely little crumbs out of it but you forget most of the bath water that so, goes through <laughs> in one end and out the other so you are basically a living version of that meme from the simpsons which is whenever i learn something new <laughs> it pushes yeah, yeah, something yeah. else out yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely there are about six permanent facts and everything else is on rotation yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like but learn learning as it you know, learning stuff, whether you're a kid or whatever, or, or now, it's basically just research, isn't it? It's just a good, 
good research basically is the basis of just being able to know stuff yeah it, it is and it it's changed so much even in my lifetime as in i remember when i was growing up the the source of knowledge in the house was either a massive uh, multi-volume encyclopedia <laughs> britannica from about 1947 mm. so you know china was still a run by chiang <laughs> kai-shek in that book or it was the Encarta um cd-rom yeah. that my dad had which was great <laughs> because i had little tiny animations and you know um and that was that was it, you know, pre-internet. And I think QI couldn't be made um, nearly as easily in a pre-internet world. And yeah, so I, I think that's really lovely and really encouraging that these days you can find out if you know what the decent sources are and you know what you're you're looking for. And I guess that's the main skill to be passing on now. Yeah, um, and what's trustworthy, which obviously opens exactly, up a whole yeah, can yeah. of worms of mm. trustworthiness. Completely. I, um, Dorling Kindersley is a name from... from was that the Encyclopedia? Yes. Was that, from, yeah. was that, that A name that's really stuck with me. Um, and actually, I, I looking back, I never thought of myself as a particularly nerdy kid, but I've just had a memory pop into my head that me and my best friend Callum used to sit in his mum's bedroom on the family computer and just look through that CD-ROM encyclopedia and just <laughs> yeah. and just play the little videos. So actually, I think we maybe were quite nerdy, actually, because we just spend our time literally looking through an encyclopedia. I think that that's it. But they sucker you in, didn't they? They had those amazing little illustrations of the orchestra. You clicked yeah. on the saxophone yeah. and it gave you a five-second sax solo. And it was so exciting. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> glorious days, halcyon days. Okay. Yeah. Simpler days. Yeah. Yeah. Simpler times. <laughs> but do you think, we? I mean, it feels like we... We take our brains for granted a little bit now because we, we because we're so easily you know we can just pick up one of these I'm holding up a phone and just instantly going I mean I'm I'm desperately trying to sort of retain my internal Google a bit you know by, like you know because it's so easy even like you know you're just watching a film and you think oh I've seen that actor in something and you just instantly go to IMDb yeah, uh, yeah. And whereas before you you would be having to rattle around in inside your head and do you think we, we we're getting a bit lazy in that respect. I feel like this. I feel bad every time I follow the blue line on Google Maps. I feel <laughs> yeah. that something ineffable is being lost. And it's too soon to tell. And we're all at the start of an enormous experiment. Yeah. Where we don't know how it's going to end. And there's no control group. That's the other terrifying thing. Um, apart from maybe cabbies, I guess, black cab drivers in London. Yeah. They will have the knowledge. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it is a weird thing. I was trying to remember the name of an actor the other day. I just gave up and looked it up. And it was Tim Meadows in the end, who's brilliant. And I love yeah. Tim Meadows. And I feel like I love his acting so much that I really, really should know his name by now but i just keep forgetting it and keep on looking it up it's about the third time i've looked up who was the guy he was in mean girls and then it was in that great episode of brooklyn nine it was tim meadows Paul and tim so meadows. Just, Paul tim meadows i do yeah. feel bad about this yeah imminently just forgettable clearly <laughs> what a poor guy talented actor forgettable that's just a real shame but that moment when you do because we talked about this before charles in the pod haven't you and your mm. internal google that moment where you do actually like push through and ignore normal google and remember something mm. oh it's glorious it's it such is. a great moment mm. it's a big win these days i think yeah oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it absolutely is uh, increasingly rare <laughs> yeah. so apart from like sort of being quite academic and obviously you've mm. become an actor as well was was drama something you were interested in at that time or were you has that come later i i think it did come later i was i was interested in um i was interested in what was funny I know that, but I didn't have any conception that it could lead to work. 
I, I looked at it as though it was a completely separate universe that the, the Blackadder or the episodes of Bottom mm. I was watching. They were incredible and I loved them, but I didn't really draw a line between myself and that world at all. Um, and I think I was thinking that, well, oh, I suppose if you become a lawyer, you can be showing off in court and making jokes and, and people laugh and, and you can persuade people. So I did a lot of that kind of thing. I mean, it, this really is punishingly nerdy, but the, um, you know, debating society, model United Nations, something my school did called the Southcott Mock Trial, where you got to go to a courtroom, put together a little delegation, and you got to wear, I think, a robe, a nice. lawyer's robe. <laughs> and you got to go up against another school and try an entirely fictional case. I still remember it. It was about someone hitting someone else in a bar with a pool cue and then someone else glassing that person back. So it was like GBH? Yeah, yeah, it was a GBH case with (laughs) a bunch of 17-year-olds in robes were trying. I look back at it like kind of fever dream. What the the hell were we doing? But it was... So that was very nerdy, but it was that was the only way I could see to get to that side of life before me. Um, So, so Andrew, were you you the defending lawyer or the or the prosecutor what can you wow. remember your role that's the thing i can't remember i can uh, remember the quality come on, of the evidence go open to that, that google we... <laughs> that <laughs> internal <laughs> google come on i'm sure i would have wanted to be defending because i read a lot of this yeah. again another nerdy thing here i was reading a lot of rumpole of the bailey by oh John goodness Walter. yes wow. it's incredible it's i've listened books. to the radio four versions oh, of that, yeah, yeah, which yeah. are great They're fantastic yeah it's yeah. um is it julian ryan Tuck yes. who plays yeah and I think of Julian Ryan Tuttle as being about 28 because of Green yeah. Wing. Yeah. Think, God, he's playing Rumpel these days. He's, he's 65 and, you know, raveled. Yeah. Um, and you yeah. remember his name, but, so that's, that's good as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the cast of Green Wing gets special mention. Yeah, 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 they, yeah. they're all burned in. Um, so that was it. And then I got to university and I, and I thought, well, I'll probably, I'll probably join the, the, you know, the debating society and that kind of thing. And in my first week, I just, um, I was at the Freshers' Fair and there was this stall for an improvised comedy group. I'd never heard of improv. I'd never seen an episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway. Um, I didn't know anything about it, but I went to the auditions and got in and that was my university kind of gone. That was that was the next three years was was working and, and spending all my free time mucking around with, with um, that group. And it was wonderful. I've got another question about the mock trial, if that's okay, if we can oh, please, <laughs> yeah. go back to it. Were you, we could spend the whole podcast talking about that. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I think we could. I think we could. Um, were you wearing wigs? Or did you get wigs? I think I might have had a wig. <laughs> In my memory, I have I have one on. Yeah. So Excellent. my dad my dad was um a solicitor's um Oh yeah. It's not he wasn't a solicitor, but it was like the like a clerk. I think it was a court yeah. clerk. And he had a wig and it was in this in the black oh. tin. They had this like this sort of ornate black tin which they it was housed in when you weren't obviously you just, they used to carry these tins in and they had like a little metal handle on them but they were God that's great grandiose yeah yeah it was I mean it it was horrible when you opened the tin it's like, there was this sort of stench yeah. and like you know obviously never <laughs> pretty was. hard to clean aren't they yeah, yeah. head yeah. sweat but yeah I do remember <laughs> thinking that was yeah I probably did get it out now and again to sort that's of so you know, cool. do mock trials in the house yeah oh my god that's <laughs> who didn't do the washing up <laughs> <laughs> opening statement please <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I Sorry, actually anyway. you were right Andrew talking about um sort of if you you know if you're in court and you're sort of on show and acting kind of thing my, I have a theory there's a lot of lawyers slash barristers slash sisters whatever whatever they're i never know the difference are actually 
people who wanted to get into acting or did acting, and actually that is their way of being able to perform. Because it is a complete... Yeah. If you watch a court, a court case, or, you know, Crown Court, a big one, it is a performance. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think you're right. I think that is a... I think that is a, um, a, a an element of that whole life. And it was definitely the... There wasn't... There was a lot of drama at my school. <laughs> there wasn't drama. <laughs> there wasn't, not in that sense, you know. Yeah. There was a functioning theatrical society and so on, but um, I don't think I don't think I got the message anyway that this was something that was possible. And, uh, and yeah, it took, it took me a long time to work it out. It took me until about my second or third year of university before I slowly realised that there were other paths to doing that kind of thing. So did that change yeah. things for you? Then did that was that when you started thinking, oh, actually, this is the sort of thing I want to sort of go into it's hugely hugely i remember there was this there's this spell at the end of about the second year when everyone else is applying for internships at quite serious sounding companies and um i would i would look at the application forms and i think like i i really really don't have anything to offer these firms like really (laughs) um and it would it would be a waste of everybody's time for me (laughs) to apply to these quite serious places um because I I just had an inkling that it wasn't quite going to be for me, um, and that, you know that it, it took a long time to sink in. But eventually, I courageously didn't fill in the application form. What a what a bold and brave thing to do! <laughs> what a pioneer! And, and it turns out if you don't do that, you're left with fewer and fewer options, and um, you have to get into uh, the other thing. So yeah, cutting off all the bridges, even as you approach them. Burn the bridges in front of you. It would be my advice. Um, apart from the one that the sort of precarious, mossy one with lots of planks missing, that you will then have to walk along. <laughs> that reminds what was you the of a, you would, oh, sorry, 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 Jim. Oh, that, that, really quickly, it reminds you of a tweet I saw. Uh, someone said uh, their sister always says the phrase, "We'll burn that bridge when we get to it." Which, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Quite amazing, amazing. Now, I was going to say, what was the actual course that you were doing at university? What were you actually studying? I studied English literature right. and, you know, so quite quite thesp-adjacent and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, it's quite a serious course. It started with Old English and, and moved on from there. Um, so you had to do a lot of Beowulf and oh, right. yeah, yeah. stuff like quite heavy, Dream of the... Yeah, it is. It's heavy. It really is stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of fun, though. Um, mm. And so that was that. That was the course. And um, English students are like cats. You know, all the, you'd see all the chemists and all the um, physicists trooping off to their lectures with each other because they, they, they do so many more lectures, or at least they attend their lectures, whereas <laughs> with other subjects, ah, you know, attend yeah. the lecture if you like. Yeah, sure. We're not going to impose uh, the requirement. So I didn't go to... I went to about nine lectures in my whole degree. Um, and seven of those were the compulsory first term. Like, this is... This is what English literature is, uh, course. Um, but I think I, th- I think that was fine at the end. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was fine. <laughs> so the improv group. Um, what kind of stuff were you doing when you first joined them? Then, what sort of improvisations were you doing? Was it like for, was it group improvisations? Was it solo stuff? What was the, what was the kind of setup? Yeah, they were called the Oxford Imps, and it was short, quick fire games and scenes with a couple of you on stage or sometimes lots of you on stage um but it was very high octane you would dance stupidly in between each um game as you know music blasted out um 
But it was run by a couple of people who really, really knew about improvised comedy and were determined to teach it. So I got this, you know, unwittingly got this amazing dojo for a few years of, of people who were real experts and we got to travel. You know, we went on a, a trip. We'd sort of saved up money from all our shows over the year and we got to go to Chicago, which is oh, oh, wow! So it was so exciting. Yeah. Um, and we also traveled to Nashville because one of us lived was from Nashville and performed a one-off gig in a in a a cinema that had been converted for the night to an improv wow. um, theatre. And, you know, we were we were okay, I would say, <laughs> and, not, and not tremendous. But the enthusiasm was the thing that got me into it, yeah. And so I was very lucky. Lots And lots of the people in that group, um, people like Rachel Paris, who's now, you know, a, mm. a staple of the MASH report. Um, and um, all sorts of people were, were in uh, the Oxford Imps. And so, yeah, it was a very, very good crucible of meeting other people who were interested in that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Improv's yeah. interesting, isn't it? Because I was, um, it doesn't help with this podcast. This podcast is about blank moments, but like in improv, you don't really have <laughs> blank moments because you just, you just sort of lean into them and just sort of go with it. Yes, and and all that kind of stuff. But, it, but there is, it's funny, there is a moment, there is a blank moment where you step out and there's just a moment, but it, it, and it's a wonderful, frightening moment where you don't have anything. You've heard the opening suggestion at the top of the show or the scene. And you st- you step out, and ideally you step out before you've got the idea, and then you start to do something or say something. And the moment just before is really lovely. It's so frightening and it's so exhilarating, and you don't know where you're going to go. And that's you know, improv is not a, a, a um, is not taken very seriously by lots of people. But I think at its mm. best, it can be it can be wonderful because it's a collaborative process between the audience and the people on stage. You're collectively imagining something together because we can't make a Renaissance castle or we can't make a spaceship <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But if the people on stage are good and the audience are willing to go with it and provide the other half, then you can create something really lovely. And so that's why I sort of fell in love with it in the first place. Yeah. That's really nice. I hadn't considered that actually because I kind of thought with improv, it's like, <clears throat> I don't know. Almost like an, an idea comes and then you go with it. But actually what you're saying is you, you go with it and then an idea comes. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's really interesting. And I, yeah. And I feel the same about writing. I feel that when I'm um, trying to write something creatively, the act of having a pen in your hand draws an idea out of the brain and along the arm and into the fingers. And then you, you will, the best moment is writing a sentence that you haven't really thought of. Yeah. But because you're writing it, it's come through the arm. And the, it's a really weird feeling yeah it's as though some someone else is moving your hand with the pen um so that moment is very nice as well and that probably is the same kind of thing to tap it that that, a moment of creating something yeah that reminds me i for for about literally about three days i tried journaling um and it was really good actually and then i did my usual thing of just forgetting about it and moving on to something else um but what was interesting about doing that was there was no, I tried to really stop editing in my head because you know it's like when you're being creative you sort of edit and think oh that shit I'm not gonna do that oh no actually not that and I was yes. like I was like literally just write what is in your head right now even if it's complete inane bullshit just write it and the act of doing that then led to more and more and more and more and it wasn't yeah. even anything for anyone else it was just in my notepad so that I could just get it out and not even read it again um, but the act of just doing it. And so I've tried yeah. to take that into my creativity and stuff like, okay, just do it. Do what's in your head right now. And if it's crap, you go back, you edit and whatever and sort of. But it's, it's yeah. the act of, yeah, actually sort of doing it, pen on paper yeah. or whatever and just going. Absolutely.
Jim, it's us again. And uh, we've got some big news. We have indeed. Uh, Giles, I can't believe I'm saying this. We've written a book, a book about blank moments based on this very podcast. Yeah, we've been recording this podcast for a while now. And as we've been doing, we've realised that everyone has these difficult blank moments. All our wonderful guests that we have on the podcast and our listeners get in touch with us all the time to tell us about their own situations, their own experiences of blank moments. And sometimes that can be from a personal life, from their career, the relationships they're in, or maybe it's a public situation. Yeah, I mean, it really, it's one of those terms that can be applied to anything. Social anxiety, imposter syndrome, just sort of generally being off form, having an identity crisis. I mean, it's all part of the human condition. And yet we all get thrown off from time to time and sort of made to feel a bit helpless yeah so the book is made up of all these different chapters that sort of concentrate on these various themes that come up in the pod so whether it's uh, public failure social anxiety fear mental health grief all the things that our amazing guests have talked about on the podcast yeah i mean and those guests include louis theroux david harbour reg d hunter dawn french rachel paris amanda abington john ronson rufus sewell gary lineker all these people that really opened up to us about these difficult moments and what we've done is we've dived into them um explained how we relate to them talked a little bit about our own experiences and almost gone on a journey of this discovering blank moments and how they've helped us and we hopefully we take the reader on a journey with us yeah, there's loads of stuff in there for everybody, I think. It's a bit memoir, it's a bit self-help, and there's lots of interactive bits in there as well, so you can do your own gratitude list, and there's tips on uh, if you're having sleeping problems. So all different things that you can take out of the book. And where can people get hold of this book, Jim? Well, so it comes out in March in 2021, but it's available to pre-order right now from Amazon, waterstoners.com, and hive.co.uk. Yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to everyone getting their hands on it. And uh, hopefully lots of people will be able to identify their own blank moments. And you never know what you might find out. Yeah, it's interesting you say about, I think you're right about um, improv not being necessarily given the right... Um, uh, platform for what it is which is a, a great learning curve it's, it, and it's a chance to fail which we know failure is obviously a great learning curve as well I remember when I first started um, playing the guitar um, someone bought me some guitar lessons because they felt like I, ne- I needed to learn some grades you know to like you know you need to get better at technique and all that kind of stuff and I went to this guy who lived around the corner who was an old school rocker? He played with Jimmy Page back in the seventies, and he wow. was he was great. Yeah, he was great, and he was a blue, he was a real blues guy. And he and uh, he, we started playing, and he said, "Do you know what? I, d- I don't because I, I don't really want to show you how to do that, that stuff. I don't feel like that's right for you. Let's just do some improvisation." Mm-hmm. And we just played twelve bar blues together. He got his keyboards out, he was playing, and it stuck with me so much and then I joined bands and playing music and stuff and just jamming and, and, and coming up with ideas on the spot, even playing live gigs and just going off on one. It was so freeing mm. and, and actually much more joyful than learning scales, you know, yeah, which I guess, yeah, you know, yeah. in an acting point of view, just sort of learning lines and, and reading a script or whatever, but actually just going out and being thrown out there yeah. and performing. There's something very exhilarating about that. Yeah, it's really funny the balance between craft and being freed yeah. and mm. released to do that because you have to you have to combine the two, don't you? You have to 
to know a bit before you start, yeah. but also you have to, you, you know, what an act of restraint on on that old rocker's part to yeah. to not say great a chance to mold another identical <laughs> guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that fusion between the two is lovely. That's that's really great. I love that. But, but you, you, there has to be a certain element of, I guess, self confidence or belief. Or some level of knowing that, like, whatever I do is going to be okay, like, even if it's not that good. And just because I think that that holds people back as well, that sort of lack of confidence in yourself. Yeah. That actually, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go for it and, like, see what happens. Yeah. And that, that can be freeing, I think. It definitely does. It doesn't, it doesn't ever go away, the what if this is rubbish. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm only about 15 yeah. years into my career, but still, <laughs> I have it all the time. <laughs> And what, how do you what, how how do you get through those moments then when you have, when you have that? I feel bad. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> I, I feel bad, and a bit of the confidence goes out of me. Um, I don't I don't know how I, I get through it. Um, that's probably it. Just yeah, it's not it's not a very good way through it, to be fair. But I don't I don't I mean I suppose I don't stop. I don't just stop doing the thing. Mm. Um, stop dead or anything like that. Um, and when when you're on stage, and again, this is something that I s- saw people doing when I was doing improvised comedy at university and things like that. It's it's amazing to see someone turn around a room that has gone a bit cold. The audience are not quite sure. The people on stage don't have conviction in what they're doing. They're thinking, "Oh, is this a bit silly?" Which is you know complete death uh, for 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 the entire vibe. But I've seen people go onto a stage and turn it around and lean harder into the thing that is happening or that they're doing and it starts to pick up again and that's magical it's really such a, a skill to do that and it, it as you say it's complete through confidence mm. that it um that it happens so i think I, I sometimes try to remind myself um it's a thing i read in a book by stephen king stephen king wrote a book called on writing which is really fab um and has lots of great advice but he says you have to just bring it, whatever it is, to the blank page. Just don't turn up with nothing and expect it to, you know. And But remember that you have the energy to do this. And the fact that you're spending your time doing this means that there's something going on here. Yeah. So use that yeah. and, and keep bringing it to the blank page. I love that. Uh, I've, a lot of people have quoted that book, actually. I really? Like, yeah, yeah. I really... I really must read it because it's, it's one that comes up quite a few times. It's really um, fun. It's quite short, and then yeah. he's which is, got which isn't like oh, his other I'm on books. board now. Okay, cool. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, read it yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like you see a Stephen King book, it's normally about 800 pages or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is quite short, and it's half a biography of his life, which is, has been pretty extraordinary. And then mm. it's half him on the writing process. And uh, yeah, no, it's a good one. Right, I'm googling it now. Yeah. <laughs> so, is writing obviously been something that you've always wanted to do as well? Yes. And and again, kind of like with the lawyer thing, Mm. I had an impression of myself as a writer for about 20 years before I actually wrote my first book, which is, you know, that shows a lot of confidence, I'd say. (laughs) Just (laughs) unearned confidence. Um, Yeah, from the age of about five, I wanted to be a writer. I just couldn't Mm. believe these these magical worlds that I got to go into and, and, you know, create. Um, And weirdly, considering that I was studying English, you know, doing improvised comedy on the side, reading a lot in my spare time. I didn't go through the barrier and start properly writing until a few years after I left university. Um, and it does take time. It really does take time. I was writing during these periods, but not writing kind of 
I don't know, not proper full things. I think of myself as a, quite a late starter in that sense, really. Um, and then by the time I was in my kind of mid-twenties, I was writing lots of short stories, and then that built up to writing a, a full novel. Um, and so, yeah, it, 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 it took time. But I, I, knew, I knew I always wanted to do it. But sometimes it's easier to do something that you don't really, really want to do. Does that make sense? It's sort of, yeah, it, yeah. Is that, no, you, it does, you it think, does. God, I really, really want to do this. And if I stuff it up, that's my chance gone. Oh, God. What, so what I'll just that? do this thing I want to do a bit less for a while. God, you know? What is that quote that's like, and it's a very famous one, that's like the, the, the greatest fear we have is not that we will be bad at something, but that we are actually all powerful and we can do all these things. And it's actually the fear of, I am butchering this quote. Um, <laughs> it's the fear of fucking it up, basically, when you have this opportunity to be good and not the fear that mm. you are bad. If that makes sense. And um, I, I 100% relate to that. And I've, I've yeah. a whole notepad, some of ideas and projects and stuff that I think, well, I oh, I'm not ready to do that yet. It's not going to be good enough, et cetera, et cetera. But, Actually, it's just yeah. leaning into it and doing it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, oh, what's that story about? Someone, there was this huge row between a couple of people and the, the, both in the creative industry and they were being dragged away from each other and one just hissed to the other, average talent. And that <laughs> is another enormous fear. What if I do this and it's fine? Yeah, yeah. But but no more. <laughs> but I, actually, I've got, I, that is literally the theme of a future stand-up show that I want to do about, oh, cool. about being fine and about how, like, maybe it's okay to be fine. Like, actually, maybe it's okay to just, like, only yeah. so many people can be the best and you're not the worst. Maybe it's okay yeah. to be fine. I don't know. Also, when you when you were saying there, what's that story? I was just thinking, great idea for a podcast called like what what's that thing? What's that story? What's that quite <laughs> it used to just be an hour of people going, but is it and then they, and then they did that, didn't they? And when was that? I'd be amazing that? at that. Yeah. I'd be amazing. We'd all be that. brilliant at that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and and we'd never get to any resolution. We'd just be constantly just thinking about what? No, no, no. Join us join us next time on what <laughs> exactly. was that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what, oh, what's the name of the podcast? Um <laughs> So, but I, I think often we come to these things at the right time. So maybe it was the right time for you. Do you feel it was the right time for you to write a novel? You know, maybe you'd, you know, you've, you've been able to get to the point where your craft is, is where you want it to be. I'd like to think so, but also part of me just wishes I'd cracked on and done it yeah. 10 years earlier. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, there is a there is a phenomenon, isn't there, where we justify all our past behaviours and actions and think, well, it's all led me to here now. Yeah, and if I wasn't yeah. here, I'd be someone else. I, you know, if I'd if I was on my sixth novel now, uh, <laughs> I'd be absolutely chuffed. But you know, but but then again, it is true that working at the places I I, I started working after uni, the uh, private eye and QI, and where I still work now. Mm has been also the most wonderful experience. So it's hard to be very angry about it, you know. And and, and also you have, you're a young man, you're younger than both of us, you have plenty of time, you know what I mean? We have, especially when you're in the creative industry, it's not like we're professional footballers yeah. and we're coming up to mid-30s and think, oh, God, I better hang the boots up. <laughs> we have yeah. plenty of time to do these things. These are lifelong yeah. careers, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the thing I find myself thinking and, and, and saying to other people a lot is, careers are long, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Careers are really long. Yeah. You won't 
you you have time to do all of this. Exactly. You might kick yourself actually if you do this now, and, uh, <laughs> and you've used up a valuable project that could have could have kept you going in your eighties, you know, <laughs> exactly. whatever it is. And you know, judging by sort of current living uh, cost of living, we'll need to work into our eighties <laughs> as well. So <laughs> I used to, actually I did used to do that a lot. I used to be really preoccupied with when people had done their first big thing. Um, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, God. He was 27 <laughs> when that book came out. Oh, my God. Wait, I'm, I'm 29. I haven't even started the thing. You know, so let's say I do it really fast and it's out by the time I'm 31. Oh, my God, 27, 31. They're oceans away from each other. And that has faded in the mm. last... Not, not a very long time. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do want to do something called when did... Or, I don't know what this is, but to ask people, when did you stop being such an idiot and such an ass? And for me, the answer is always about six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I always feel right now is the time when I'm approaching the truth of things. And I look at everything up to there and I think, oh, I was callow, I was young. And it's, you know, I, I don't dislike myself then, but I think I didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. But now I'm starting mm. to get it. I don't know if you guys have the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I hope you do. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I go through waves where I think... I'm really quite content with like the person I am at the moment, and then six months down, I'm thinking, "Oh, I'm nowhere near. I want to do this after. I'm an idiot." And it just seems to sort of, yeah, come up with. But I was the same as you. You see, those constantly see those lists of like J.K. Rowling didn't write Harry Potter until she was 38 or something, and then you know, yeah. so and so didn't write his first movie till he was. Don't forget, you could do all these things. But yeah, I used to be the same, or comparing myself to like other comedians I know from the circuit and be like, oh, they've got on TV already and they're only 25 yeah. and yeah. and they've done this thing and, and they've done Live at the Apollo and all this kind of stuff. But it's, it's what, oh God, I'm going to butcher another quote. But comparison is the... Thief of joy. Thank you. Thank you, Giles. There we go. Nice. Yeah. Is that, the, that's, a, that's really good. I love Thief of Joy. Yeah. Thief of Joy is a good title. Great, great is it a title already for something? It must be. <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I I call it compare and despair, which is when you know, and obviously it's exacerbated by social media because we we're seeing how everybody else is doing so well, yeah. and and then we reflect on our own, um, I don't know, our own non successes <laughs> when we, we when we're perfectly doing perfectly well, you yeah. know. And it's uh, and I think social media is obviously, you know, I think for creative people is not always a great stumping ground, really. No, 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 no. Actually, I have. A thought just on this. So um, a few months ago, um, I thought, because um, my first book came out a year ago and, you know, there was there was a, a little bit of cash left over from it. And I thought I'm going to com- I'm going to get a neon sign made that says nice. a, a line that I want I want to bear in mind always. And I'm going to stick it above my desk. And the, the sign says this is not the cake. And the point of that is, when you are working on anything creative, you look at the messy pile of flour and eggs and sugar yeah. in front of you, and then you look up at all these other people with these gorgeous cakes, and you think, oh my God, my cake is shit. And you just have to lean out a little bit and remember, this is not the cake. The, the way What you are seeing is the making of the cake, and you haven't seen the making of anyone else's. You don't know what's gone into it. So, um, 
so that's the sign and I got it made and it's sitting above my desk and it's, oh, it's very useful to remember. I love that. And then you eat the that's cake and you're like, yeah. oh, fuck, it's too flowery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too much sugar oh, in like my It wasn't that cake. And Paul Hollywood stood next to you going, get out of my tent. Yeah, it's got a soggy bottom on it. And, yeah, yeah. 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 When I was in the, sh- the sign shop, the guy, said, the guy um, at the neon sign shop, he said, Oh, very interesting. <laughs> this is. Does it mean something to you? And uh, I, I, we realised after a while he thought I was trying to get the sign made. We said this is not the case. Oh, actually, right. it's quite good and quite Buddhist sounding, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I nearly changed my mantra in the shop just to please the sign maker. Oh, it's like it's like those things you see, those memes you see where the sign will come out. This is not the cake in neon, please. And then they've added that yeah. into, the, into the end of it yeah. <laughs> in small font please or whatever that's great i like yeah. that i really like that this is not the cake that's uh yeah i can relate to that big time big but, time andrew are you hard on yourself in those moments like you know when you're feeling like you know maybe it's not going the way you want it to go you yeah know, if you're, yeah <laughs> yes i i am <laughs> and it's it's not very helpful and it's um i think i used to be really hard on myself and i used to get into real you know sort of black dog fits of mm of thinking this was this this is all over already you know um i haven't done that for a while i don't know why i don't know what the difference is though um partly it might just be time passing mm. and you know disasters i've presaged in my head not coming to pass when i haven't done the thing by the age of 27 or whatever i don't yeah so th- there's a recommendation let let several years of time pass and um and you'll find you're dealing with it much better than you were um i do try to almost to consciously zoom out literally to zoom out as in i do a reverse google maps on myself um there's a great see this is where the english degree comes in handy in chaucer's troilus and crusade stay with me it's never been quoted on this podcast no. <laughs> yes first there is a moment at the end um spoiler alert troilus dies i think crusade might be dead at this point as well anyway troilus dies in, in a battle uh, or possibly Possibly he kills himself. I can't see. This hasn't gone very well if I'm not remembering the ending of the thing. But what I do remember is that he zooms up into the air above his body and he looks down at the field of earthly concerns and he sees how how small it all is, really, and how, how little his concerns in life are or were. Um, this is being written in 1400 and it's an incredibly useful technique now to think zoom out a bit and then and then you can zoom back in and you've just had a little refresher in 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 how little it matters you know if you haven't done this by this time or you or this hasn't turned out exactly what you were thinking so yeah that's that's what i do in those moments I really like that because uh, when you're describing that, I'm thinking of like out of body experiences, but like mm. they're normally linked to something negative, aren't they? Like something's going so badly, you have you sort <laughs> of like come out of yourself and look down and think, "Oh my god, he's yeah. ruining this." But actually, that's it, that's quite nice to have it in a positive framework. I think actually that, yeah. and I guess it's perspective, isn't it? I guess it's sort of coming out and seeing yeah. perspective of where you are in relation to the world and where the world is in relation to universe. We are, you know, a speck of dust and, yeah. and all that. And actually, I yeah. think that can be really quite, um, not refreshing, what's sort of, sort of almost resetting a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that um, there's a bit in one of the Hitchhiker's Guidebooks, The Total Perspective Vortex, 
which is um, this device that you're plugged into, and it shows you your size in relation to the rest of creation. Yeah. You are an invisible dot yeah. on an invisible dot. Yeah. And it drives everyone who goes into it insane, <laughs> and no one ever recovers from going into the machine. So if you can do a partial version yeah. of that, don't zoom out too far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is the, <laughs> yeah. That's the message. Yeah, yeah, get, the, yeah get the zooming right. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, so you said you were working for Private Eye. How did that come about? Was that... So, from university, obviously you were doing the yeah. improvised stuff. So did, was that soon after that bit? So I knew I was. In, I knew I was thinking about comedy, and I knew mm. that um, you know may, I didn't. I hadn't filled in the application form, so the, it's great. The bridges are slowly being yeah. dismantled in front of me. <laughs> and then, by really good luck, I met John Sessions, um, who yeah. passed away last year, extremely sadly. A brilliant comedian improviser. He was coming to speak at. Um, the university and um um he was the man who introduced me to um to qi to john lloyd the producer of qi um and he put in a good word for me because you know i got to have dinner with john sessions who i loved from his acting his comedy his performances wow. so stella street was john yes. yeah stella Which, street um they filmed so i live in seaford on the south coast and they filmed okay. loads of it here there was a there was a cafe called the Tuck In, and that's where Michael Caine they had Michael Caine serving fry ups. Wow! So yeah, so I always have a real affinity with that show because they filmed quite a lot of it that's down great. here. Great. Yeah. Sorry. That's anyway, so good. Just, yeah. No, no, no. Um, and I knew there was a, a version of Gormenghast which he'd been mm. in when I was about mm, thirteen, and I'd loved because it was so eccentric and weird and wonderful. And um, so I met him, and and he put he put in a good word for me. He he he. And I sort of met and chatted, and it turned out that he saw I wanted to do comedy. I, I was not quite knowing what I, how I go about it. And he said, "Why don't you talk to John Lloyd, uh, who is a great man, the producer mm. of QI, Blackadder, Spitting Image, Not the Nine O'clock News, everything really." And um, John and I met in my second year, and he said, "Well, I don't have any work for you at the moment, but maybe stay in touch. You know, maybe in a year or so." And after my, um after my degree ended I, I got in touch again uh and again and again it was a bit pushy <laughs> <laughs> and eventually he said okay come and do a month of work at qi and um and that uh, was 13 years ago uh about to the day actually that i started oh, really? yeah i think amazing yeah i think today is my oh. yes it's the eighth yeah 13 year birthday at qi thank you um <laughs> So, so yeah, that was how I started on that. Yeah, and Private Eye had written to when I was sixteen, and they'd sent me away. Said, "No, please, please come back when you're not sixteen anymore." <laughs> um, they're advised too. Let several years pass, yeah. and then uh, maybe we can maybe we can talk. And I don't, I've been a fan of that from again a nerdily young age. About the age of ten, I'd been reading. Oh magazine. wow! Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, bit much. Um, only for the jokes and the cartoons. I didn't read any of the stories at the age of ten. Um, and so, yeah, that, those are that, those are the two big and lucky breaks I had, um, and completely good fortune. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that if they hadn't happened, I'd be doing something completely different. Now. But there, yeah. there's an element, like you say, they're big breaks and good fortune. But there's an element of you making them happen because you sort of mentioned twice there about persistence in terms of getting hold of. And mm. when you are in the creative industry, like half the work, especially if you're freelance, half the work is is yeah. pitching and, and grafting and yeah. trying to, and, and it's really easy hustling. actually when you get hustling, hustling yeah. completely and it's really easy when you get your first 
reject, not even, maybe rejection slash comeback, whatever kind of thing. It's very easy to think, mm. well, okay, well, I'm never talking to them again. It's it's difficult to sort of build yourself up mentally into that state to be able to be a bit pushy. Um, but it is yeah. kind of half the half the gig. Definitely, definitely, and you um, exactly, and the, that's what we were saying about careers being long. Yeah. Um, by all means, burn bridges to to other completely different lives, but yeah. actually you're going to be working with people in this industry for years. And a, a big part of the work is is getting on with people and maybe they are not so keen on the thing you've just made, but to, to be pleasant to work with and and to try and be equitable when someone's saying, I'm afraid yeah. this isn't quite right for us just at the moment, uh, it, it, it's so hard to bear in mind that that's not a no forever and it's, it's you know, it's a no to this thing now, but keep pushing, keep the lines of communication open because we're all going to be hopefully working with each other for decades, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's the dream. And so, yeah, that's another thing to, to have in mind, yeah. And it's so hard to not take that stuff personally as well because they say it, oh, it, God, it, yes. it's, it's a no for now and that's the crucial <laughs> bit. But, like, you do mm. feel like, but this is the thing I want. Yeah, but I you mean, only hear the no, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you, you only hear, you the, no. hear the for yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really hard to keep that kind of perspective. Um, Absolutely. But it's just, but just persistence. Like that seems. If anyone ever asked me any advice, I'm just like, just crack on, just just keep going, like persistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my plan yeah. for this this career, this life. I'm just going to keep going, and hopefully everyone else yeah. will give up at some point, and I'll be the only person left <laughs> yeah, and yeah, have yeah. to hire me. That's what we're all hoping, otherwise... isn't it? Every creative person's secret dream <laughs> yeah, exactly. to be the only one, exactly, <laughs> the only person they can turn to. Off. Yeah, exactly. But I do, I do think there's something in that. Just yeah, just persist. I guess. <laughs> Keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it also builds um, durability and, you know, we obviously we all want to be, uh, get that one yes straight away, but you know, sometimes you have to go through a few, quite a few no's before. And, yeah. and, and then at the end of the day, it is just that one yes that you need, isn't it? Um, yeah. 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 Um, when, so my first book, which is called the last day was, going to be published in the UK and we'd had a, a, the publishers had said they, they wanted it, which was amazing and wonderful. Mm. Um, and that had all happened quite quickly. And I was a bit, I was a bit complacent. Mm. Um, and then I've my agent said, yeah, <laughs> you think, well, okay. Yeah. So hard. And then my agent sent it out to an American, um, agent he, he knew, my literary agent, and he, he works with a, a US agent who obviously just has much better contacts at US publishers. And um, don't worry, guys, there's a happy ending. It was eventually published. <laughs> but in the in the interim, yeah. they sent it to a lot of people who did not, did not dig it and th- said, nah, it's not quite for us. And the amazing thing about that is you get sent the specific no's. <laughs> and because they... <laughs> Trying to cut. and they can be quite um, quite un- unsparing mm. in there. So we just don't think this works as a thriller or as a book. words I have a problem with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they always add a thing at the end yeah. saying, "Well, I hope, but I hope you find a fabulous home for it elsewhere." And I think, why you just always you just yeah. told me. <laughs> literated it. Yeah. I know, and I find that I find that um, I definitely find that tricky mm. because mm. people are people are kind of, people are saying that that they don't dig something you've done, which obviously is never nice. But also, there's a funny element of. Well, what do I do with this? Yeah. What? What? It's not a note of. Well, I'll try and I'll try and correct that the next time I write this book, which yeah. I'm not going to ever again. <laughs> yeah. So you get this funny, 
so that's funny when there's not quite a conduit for it. But normally you can can find a you know a quiet room to scream in for an hour or two, and that I find does the job. Get, as long as you've got the right room, the right screaming absolutely. room is absolutely <laughs> imperative in the creative industry. Um, that's really interesting because I. Uh, the sort of the feedback element of being creative and sometimes the lack of it I find really difficult so my wife is an actor and I've started doing sort of advert castings and stuff with my comedy agent because basically there's more money mm. in that than there is in sort of doing stand-up um, and a lot of the time you will do a self-tape or you'll go and do a casting in town obviously there's like fewer of them recently but they are coming back and you'll never hear back you, you won't even get a no. You just you mm. suddenly see the advert out there and think, oh, okay, someone else got that. You might get a recall, and then after the recall, you might get a yes or a no. But normally, you, you hear nothing, and that is really hard because you think, yeah. okay, so was I close? Was I terrible? Like, I, but then when you're talking yeah. about the feedback there. I'm starting to think, actually, maybe do I want that feedback? Do I want someone to say, well, actually, your <laughs> acting was so bad, we've cancelled the advert, or or, or even worse. <laughs> It, it was your. It was the whole look we didn't like. But I had that. I had that. <laughs> I had that in one where the, the late, no, it actually it was positive. But like the, the role was li- literally the role was tired dad, I think, or dishevelled dad. And I did the I did the recall for it actually. And the, I think it was the casting director said, "Great, Jim, that was great." And um, and she pointed at the screen and went, "And and this is your look, is it? This is your look. I love it." And I was like. So what you're saying is I look really dishevelled and tired. Thank, I actually tried for this casting, but thank <laughs> you very method. much. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, I don't That's know. That's very funny. Yeah, no, the maybe, the maybe, or the not hearing is is worse than I think than so a, too. No, in lots of times, for, especially for something that where you're keen to either try and get on and make the thing, mm. or uh, or or move on and and try the next thing, um, or or try it somewhere else, whatever. But this process of well, we're having another meeting in six months, so we'll bring it up again then, is, uh, is a peculiar kind of death to, to the creative spirit. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I hate the being ignored. It's being ignored so such much harder. It's like, you, you know, you get ghosted by a... Yeah. Uh, by a publisher or, or like a casting agent or something that is or a major broadcaster <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. it's a big ghost it's a yeah. big ghost it's yeah, over yeah. you every time you turn yeah. the tv on <laughs> yeah that that's that's hard to take i think i'd rather have a rejection of uh, even a brutal rejection in that yeah. in that in, if i had to choose yeah 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 and the glory of making no such thing as a fish as a podcast is that um it's quite hard to decommission us you know up until yeah. the moment where we the four of us decide that um we don't want to make it anymore which we're not seeing any signs of at yeah. the moment then we will keep mm. making it and as mm. long as there's a an audience of people out there who are listening then game on that so yeah that's lovely that's kind of the beauty yeah. of a lot of the sort of more mm. modern content creation wow that sounds really sort of wanky doesn't it no, but no, no, um, exactly especially with podcasts and platforms and stuff once you've built up an audience I, it's they're kind of there really unless you do something horrendous i don't like i don't know what but they are kind of there forever aren't they so um that's yeah. that's kind of mm. quite comforting i think that yeah that absolutely. you can keep you can and we're keep always doing, doing horrendous things but you don't you just don't broadcast <laughs> you just don't tell anyone and if you do more for you you know it's your own it's your own fault um well, andrew it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today Thank you so oh, much for being and on the you podcast. guys. Yeah, oh, thanks so much brilliant. for having me. No, Thank no, you. it's been fantastic, and um, yeah, and look forward to seeing all the stuff that you're doing. I mean, are you working on a new book? We got a new book. Yes, in the fantastic. It's in it's in the pipeline, but I don't know if it's past the magic point at which I can say <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's in. That's it's exciting, in, it's, though. 
It's gone in at one end, yeah. <laughs> that sounds rude. It's not that kind what of a way to end the episode, book. Going on, it? It's going to be shitted out at the other end into our books, into the local bookshop. We were doing so well. We were doing so well. No, brilliant. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. It's been an absolute joy. Well, there you have it. <laughs> so staring back me at me <laughs> because I'm waiting for you to say <laughs> because I can't I can't quite hear the the the, the music in my earphones for some reason. But so I'm waiting for you to say okay, and, and um, you just <laughs> you sort of looked at me like, what is Jim doing? Why is he not talking? I thought I'd just add a bit of jeopardy to the the end of the podcast for you. <laughs> oh dear we're really giving people this week um a little insight into what a shambles this podcast <laughs> is behind the scenes uh, well, well anyway probably why we haven't got any other professional broadcasting work <laughs> exactly after three years um andrew hunter murray what a guy fascinating insight very just just some lovely um uh, references that we haven't had in this podcast before. I don't think Chaucer's come up before. No, nope. <laughs> um, but a very easy guy to talk to, and some lovely sort of insight mm. there into into how his creativity works. And uh, yeah, again, like I said at the top, it felt like you were, we were chatting to an old friend. Yeah, and, um, it, I loved being in his company. So thank you, Andrew. Yeah, lovely. And Andrew, Andrew's so easygoing, and was very happy to talk about all different aspects of his work. And you know, obviously, we went into his sort of educational journey and all that kind of stuff which was always it is always interesting to hear uh, about how people sort of their career trajectories is always an interesting kind of insight and um, yeah a really good guest to have on um so yeah really enjoyed his company and um yeah wish andrew all success for everything he does going forward absolutely absolutely especially with this uh, the second novel that he teased us with at the end there mm. uh, so definitely we'll keep an eye out for that as well um just a very talented guy forging his way in the world and i think we're going to hear a lot more from him to be honest in um in, in coming years um and happy birthday for his 13 year birthday on qi that's a funny yeah. little quirk that isn't it to the day so there you go um and that's it oh what do you I think read what do you feel about the the number 13 jim are you uh because you know oh, i'm not uh, for some no i'm not i don't subscribe to that it's literally just a number I so don't. superstitions in general are you a superstitious person Three, no, what about three really. drains would you walk over three drains oh i do actually don't do that one yeah mm. no i do i do avoid three drains yeah yeah that's a, yeah. is that a superstition i guess it is a superstition. yeah yeah i suppose that's it's from... a safety thing as well isn't it you might fall well in i do one. i don't really walk over any drains if i'm totally honest so okay. maybe more of a, a safety thing uh but that's from child that's that yeah. feels like that was just something as kids we didn't we didn't do other ones are um, oh, under ladders don't tend to do yeah under ladders oh i'm not too fast about that would you include scaffolding in, in that in the ladder thing scaffolding yeah i'm a bit i'm a bit wary but i will walk for it because sometimes you just can't avoid it yeah exactly i do but i i just i i'm careful mm. i think this is more health and safety than than um superstitions well but... also sometimes in scaffolding they've got a ladder going up as well so you're doing you're going under scaffolding and a ladder it's double jeopardy i do know so we do know someone actually that did get um something came off scaffolding and hit her on the head and she sued for quite a lot of money mm. so I don't know why I've mentioned that now because now it's going to make everyone anxious about walking under scaffolding. I know, I know. Just Absolutely, be careful, people safe, out there. But yes, yeah. just be yeah, just be careful. But no, the thirteenth, th- Friday thirteenth, and all that. I don't. Um, 
No. no. Not in, I'm not really too fussed about it. There's too many other things in, the, in, in life, in the world to worry about, Giles, than, than a number. this yeah. a, a random consequential, <laughs> inconsequential number. So, mm. um, so no. But speaking of, uh, it's not numbers, it's letters. That's a bad link. I thought, you gonna of, say in, uh, and, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and speaking of inconsequential... <laughs> our, our social media platforms <laughs> uh, if you've enjoyed this episode please do let us know or any episodes that you've listened to we love hearing uh, from all our listeners um, and anything you've picked out if anything's resonated with you do let us know um, Twitter is the best place to do that our handle is at blank pod it is but if you're on Instagram or Facebook assuming it hasn't gone down again um, then you can get us on there and it's the same handle at blank pod and obviously if you're young, younger than 45 you might not be on facebook um, no so twitter is the place so to twitter be. or instagram the more hip yeah of the uh, um <laughs> we just say that to make ourselves feel a bit better because i guess at some point maybe off. facebook will become like sort of a mecca for hipsters you know like maybe you'll see circle. people with with their um in the cafe with their typewriters and their wind up telephones <laughs> yeah what you're basically get, describing, what you're describing is, is what you're describing is east london basically Dalston. that is Dalston. um uh, anyway listen you do you people if you want to go back yes there's no there's you know. nothing wrong with that I, there's you nothing, crack on i love seeing a typewriter in a cafe i love it i quite like I, what i like about that is it is people it is people doing being them being themselves just do, yeah. And just just sort do, of, yeah i like that i think yeah. that's cool yeah exactly anyway that's it, the end of the pod it is the end of the pod it's probably gone on too long <laughs> to, truth be told I enjoy it. Um, well, anyway, uh, thank you to Andrew for, uh, yeah, for being a fantastic guest. Thank you to our patrons as well for the support. We do really appreciate it. And don't forget, you can hear more from Andrew on Behind the Scenes on QI mm. at our patron, patron.com forward slash blank podcast. Uh, and thank you, Giles. Good to see your face. Again. Thank you, Jim. And good to see your face after a week away from it. <laughs> and I'll see you next week as well. You will. You uh, will. And you guys will hear from us uh, next week as well on the blank podcast. But until then, Take care, be careful with scaffolding, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Goodbye. Media Podcast.